you rebut somebody, that's on you. That's your time. You do whatever you want to do. Okay? All right. So, also, we're going to rotate to all the questions. All the candidates will be asked the same question. Also, we're going to rotate to all the questions. All the candidates will be asked the same question for their time. Now, while there's no rebuttals, if you do want to take that time to rebut somebody, that's on you. That's your time. You do whatever you want to do. Okay? All right. So, first, let's start with uh, Nancy. Please. Question. Instead of answering the question, you can rebut the question. If you want to, there's going to be no rebuttals, no, no direct rebuttals, but use that time if you like. Okay. That sound good? Okay. If you need me to repeat the questions, because I know there's six of you, let me know. <laughs> All Yes, you will. They're going to be, you got two minutes for opening statements. As a matter of fact, feel free. Nancy Allen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. I'm going to get straight to the point. Um, we think all people should be treated equally. So I know that there is some controversy out there about who we are as a slate and what we stand for, but we are about equality. We do not support racism and divisive policies or practices. We stand behind and support the First Amendment. We believe forced and compelled speech is a violation of your First Amendment. Teachers and students should not be forced, coerced, or punished for using pronouns that are directly associated with biological gender of a child. We support parents and their rights to decide what their children will or will not be subjected to in school. And we support the parents' rights to know and will support policies that allow parents full transparency of activities, curriculum, and instruction that is presented in the classroom. We support medical autonomy and the parents' right to decide what is in the best interest of their child. Parents will be given the right to intervene and participate in any course of action that is recommended or acted upon by a Frederick County Public School employee to ensure the safety and the security of their child's mental and physical well-being. We support education as a valuable, joyful experience where children aren't used as political pawns in the battle of cultural wars. We support hiring practices that do not discriminate based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or disability. We support policies and practices that recruit and retain talent based on their competencies. We support education of value and with a focus on proficiency in the core academic subjects of English, math, science, and history. We see, we see those values reflected in Frederick County and will continue to stand strong in support of parents, teachers, and students. Thank you. Olivia. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so a few things culminated in my decision to run for the Board of Education. One being my personal experience during the pandemic when it came to holding differing political and ideological beliefs than some of my peers and being called horrible, na horrible names by lifelong friends. Another being what I started to hear was being taught nationwide in public schools through the news and through friends and family. These two things drove me to seek out more like-minded individuals and I attended a women's Republican club meeting with Nancy Allen. While we were there, we had the pleasure of meeting Cindy Rose, who stood up and said that she didn't want to run again, but had been asked by many parents to do so. And reluctantly, she said that if she could find others to join her, that she would. My husband and I are not yet parents, but are in the family planning stage. 
We both graduated from FCPS and we would love to send our children to FCPS, but we are concerned about the quality of education that children are receiving there. We are not alone. Over the course of a year, I have spoken with thousands of parents in Frederick County who feel the very same way. The responsibility of FCPS is to ensure that children are proficient in reading, writing, and arithmetic, and those scores have been declining for years. The pandemic and forcible school closures have only made that issue much worse. I believe that schools should work closely with parents to ensure that children are getting the best education possible, rather than trying to take the place of parents and forming ideological beliefs. I'm Cindy Rose. I'm running for the Board of Education again because over 10 years ago I discovered that the Board of Education and their children weren't getting an education of value to them. They were getting one that was indoctrinating them. Even back then you could see the leftist bias that was being taught in the classroom. The history of their founding of our great nation was being siphoned off while everything cultural was being slipped in. You see the negative effects all around you with disrespecting of our culture, burning up the American flag, funding our police, to drag shows for toddlers in public schools. We live in an anxiety-ridden, overly, overly sexualized country right now where progressives are trying to reignite the race wars that we won years ago. My goal and the goal of, I believe, Nancy and Olivia as members of the Education Not Indoctrination Slate is to restore academics and enrichment, to get rid of social emotional learning and a curriculum built on framework of racism, sexuality, climate change, and any other political totem out there. Our schools don't exist to advance the political cause, whether it's coming from Democrats, Republicans, Planned Parenthood, or the Chamber of Commerce. We'd like to create an education of value to our children. Good evening. I'd like to start by thanking everybody that uh, came out tonight, as well as WFMD and the Conservative Club for holding, I think, the only in-person forum that the Board of Education candidates have had um, during this election cycle. So thank you for that. Um, my name is Ray Gallagher. I live in Newmarket with my two kids who are enrolled in FCPS, second grade and fourth grade, um, and my husband who is an educator. Um, and I really am running because I believe strongly in the positive direction that FCPS is currently moving in. Um, and I think that as a parent, as somebody who works closely in my uh, professional setting, with schools on social emotional learning and peer-to-peer -peer mentoring programs that we need to have Board of Education members who are willing to listen to all perspectives, to collaborate with parents, to listen to the input of our staff and educators, um, to collaborate with our community partners, which there are many who are working in support of our students in the direction that FCPS is moving in. Um, as well as listen to a broad variety of perspectives as we're talking about academics, as we're talking about supporting our students and community members moving forward. Um, we need to address class sizes. We need to focus on recruitment and retention of highly qualified, diverse staff and make sure that we're compensating them um, adequately in comparison to our surrounding counties. There are a lot of issues that we have in front of us and we need Board of Education members that will come in and listen and collaborate and not push for, for one way or another, but really work together um, as members of the board and listen to the community. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, like everyone else here, I want to thank the uh, Frederick County Conservative Club and WFMD 
um, for holding this. Uh, when Fred reached out last week and said, hey, it's, I'm gonna make it happen, it's on. So I was very excited like Ray, we haven't had a chance to do this. I much prefer in person to be able to engage with each of you all. That's why I've you know, spent so much time knocking doors because I, I want to I want to engage with folks. And so I enjoy this. Um, just to tell you a little bit about myself, my name is Dean. Uh, my wife and I moved here 24 years ago this month. Uh, we raised two children who went through Frederick County Public Schools K through 12. Um, I feel like they got a, a great education. Uh, they've gone on to their own individual successes. Uh, they're both off the payroll, which is always good. Uh, so um, I work for a, a major life insurance and financial services company. I've been with them for 37 years, which is kind of unusual now. People stick them with one company for 37 years. But uh, I've owned my own business in Middletown for 22 of those years, but I worked on executive boards I've uh, worked on budgets, multi-million dollar budgets my entire career. Uh, personally, I've done thousands of hours of volunteering. I served on the Boys and Girls Club Board of Directors for six years. Two of those years, I was the chair. I lobbied in Annapolis and on Capitol Hill on behalf of the Boys and Girls Club and for the blueprint for Maryland's future. Um, I also coached basketball for those of you that are Urbana Hawk and Oakdale Bear fans, I coached varsity basketball at Oakdale and Urbana. So I feel really connected to this community. I love Frederick. I think it has enormous potential. And that's why I'm excited to have the opportunity to serve on our Board of Education because I don't think there is any more impact you can have on our community than serving our children. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us all tonight. And uh, I'm Karen Yoho. Um, in my senior yearbook, I wrote my future plans were to get as far away from school as possible. And I kind of jinxed myself because um, I've spent nearly 50 years involved with uh, education. Um, as a parent, a PT, I have thousands of hours. That's how I started, thousands of hours of parent volunteer time. I was a PTA president three times, involved at the county level and substituted for 12 years, stayed home, raised my children, and then when they were all in school, um, I had my teaching degree, but I hadn't used it yet, and so then I started teaching, spent 25 years in Frederick County elementary classrooms, and uh, see some familiar faces here from the past. And um, I said at one point to my husband when I retired, I was probably gonna run for school board, because a lot of uh, teachers don't like the political side, and that was something that I always thought was interesting. Um, most of the time you find the high school social studies teachers are the ones interested in politics, but, um, but I always was. And um, so I helped with a lot of um, um, you know, um, campaigns through the years and uh, helped a lot at the polls with the, the Teachers Association. And so when I retired, I did uh, run for the school board and was fortunate enough to be elected four years ago. You learn a lot in four years. I like the opportunity. Uh, you build relationships. You learn the personnel. And I'd like the opportunity to go back and put to use what I've got. We've got a great school system. We've got a lot we can improve. The blueprint's coming on, and uh, so there's still a lot of work to do. Thank you. Thank you. 30 seconds is you know, going to benefit any of us here tonight to talk about this issue, because this is a big issue nationwide. And we need to have a better discussion about it, what's going on with our children, our families, and in our schools. 
And what I'm open to is I'm hoping to have a dialogue with all parents who are involved in situations like this, because I think that's what we, what we need. We need dialogue. We don't need debate. We need dialogue to talk about what's important to our kids. And when we put our kids first, that's what's gonna matter first. If we have a child that comes to us and tells us that they're in fear or an issue that they're coming to us about, does anyone know what a teacher's required to do? They're a required reporter. So when we're, when we're dealing with a situation like that, would we rather turn this over to CPS or would we rather work with the child and work with the family in order to remedy a situation where we can all come together? Yeah, I agree. So we get 97. I'm yes. confused now. We get yes. now. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, I mean, as a 25-year educator and a first very involved parent, of course, we do the best when we work in partnership. And that's always when, when you were, as the teacher, feeling like you were the only one caring about the student, it made it so much harder, but that was still your job. When the parents were there and we were working together, you just felt like you could do wonders for that child. And so the hope would be that the parent would, you know, be in the loop and, and be the first decision maker. Unfortunately, as Dean pointed out, that's not the case for all of our students. And that's why it's hard to make just a blanket um, statement about this and you're absolutely right mandated reporters and and not to question why you just had to, to report it um, and so it gets very complex I've also talked to people who's they hated it at the time as a parent but they said you know my child needed to work this through without me and the school was there for the child and then Fortunately, in some cases, it worked well. You know, as uh, early on, personal body safety, there was no opt-out because parents that were going were abusing their child were not going to say that the, their child could do it. So it gets very complex, but I want to work with parents. I really do. Great, thank you. Nancy? So I'll put aside the fact that if it's an abuse situation or a child is in jeopardy, I think that's a whole different category of parental rights. So I stand behind parental rights. I think parents are the first and the foremost to make decisions for their children. And I don't believe that the school system or any employee of the school system should hide or not disclose what is going on with the child in the school. I think the parents are first and foremost, period. The school is not the parent of the child. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with Nancy. I don't need much time to answer this question. Um, I don't think it's ever appropriate for a school to know more about a child than a parent does. And I definitely don't think it's appropriate for a school to keep secrets from parents. Thank you. I'm not sure what the statistics are here locally that say our students are in danger of their lives. And all too often, FCPS has a habit of keeping information from parents, and they don't let them know what's going on inside the school. It gets revealed to us by TikTok and Twitter and social media. So no, I, I, I'm for letting parents to know absolutely everything. These aren't the school's children. My question is, other than a child's safety, what else do the other people here on this platform think is okay to keep from a parent other than something that prevents that child from being harmed, which there's no statistics that show that's happening rampantly here in Frederick County. 
So um, one of my hopes as a parent is that um, I am always a safe space for my children. I believe that our schools should be safe places for, for all of our children. And I believe that FCPS is not keeping, willfully keeping information from parents um, unless there is a safety concern that that child has presented to them. So I think that as board members and within the school system, we should be striving for a partnership with parents where there is communication between both parties. Um, so I don't think it's a, a simple answer of, of yes or no, because there is complexity within that question. Um, but I do think that we have a responsibility to present safe spaces for, for all of our students and help them navigate, particularly when they um, might have some fear about what the response might be at home. Um, there are resources in place. I think that there should be opportunities for schools to, to help students to figure out the best ways to maybe communicate back to families, um, particularly when there is a safety concern that is coming up because of this um, issue. That one of the things, theory and philosophy around discussing race, it is not in our schools. Um, it never has been in FCPS. Um, I think that one of the things that the board and FCPS needs to be thinking about though is how we are communicating uh, our curriculum, the goals of our curriculum, what is being covered and what isn't. Um, I don't know if it's the school district's responsibility to debunk some of the myths around CRT, but if it's an issue that keeps coming up, and I do think it has been coming up with parents, it's actually a frequent topic of discussion when I'm out talking to, to voters and knocking on doors. Um, I do believe that FCPS has a responsibility to be teaching uh, critical thinking and history from um, facts and uh, its historical perspective. There are a lot of issues around racism that are still existing within our schools. We have the development of the policy that is currently um, being worked on by the board around eliminating racism within FCPS. So certainly there are issues that we're talking about related to, to race. Is it CRT? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Ray. I mean, CRT, obviously, if, you, if you've been out if you've talked to anybody, it's often a question. Uh, CRT is an advanced curriculum that's taught in law school, but it's become a, a demonization, an umbrella over the top of our discussion about teaching our real history, which, which some kind, sometimes can be painful. I mean, but that's what makes our country great, is that we approach our history and we, we embrace it and we try to make ourselves better and I think that's what's happening in our in our classrooms. I don't think CRT. I don't. I don't think we're doing oppressors and, and that type of thing. We're not separating kids in FCPS. Um, but I will say this: we need to do a better job of communication. We we need to do a much better job of communication on our, particularly on our website, of giving parents access to the curriculum that's important for them to be partners with our teachers and our schools in educating their kids. You should not have to go through six clicks in order to find your third grader's guidebook. And we can do better than that. So I think, because I just believe that partnership, any, any decrease we're seeing in academics, it's a group effort. 
It's a failure of us as a community. And that starts with us, and we've got to communicate with parents so we can all believe, all become partners in rising education. Awesome. Thank you. Karen. Yes, uh, you know, uh, with voters and as a sitting board member, you get this question a lot, and I'm always able to put people's minds to ease, I guess. I'm not, because I'm not even sure what they think CRT is. Um, but it isn't, I don't, I don't believe it's what they think it is. And, and I was watching the U.S. and the Holocaust, the Ken Burns um, documentary, and, and most of my heritage is Germanic. And I don't feel guilty uh, other than to think, wow, I wished I'd have done, if I'd have lived then, I might have done differently. I, I don't feel responsible, I, but I don't want to make the same mistakes. I want to learn from what we did in the past and not do it again. That's supposed to be the purpose of history. I saw a meme somewhere that history isn't there to make you feel good or bad. It just is. It just happened. It just is what it is. So I'm not for revisionist history, but um, I, I wish we could sit down and figure out what people actually think CRT is. But as Dean said, it's a higher level uh, law school class. Um, and, and so I'm not sure why. Well, actually, I do know where. There is a man who set out, he said so on Twitter, that he was going to brand the term and make sure that people, when they read it, they thought every crazy thing. And, and unfortunately, he is succeeding, um, but we don't teach it in our system. And you could talk to Colleen Bernard, who's head of social, uh, secondary social studies. Great. Thank you. Nancy. So CRT is not an actual course or a subject. It is a theory. It's a practice of integrating language into the curriculum that focuses on race and identity by skin color. So, and there are, it also encompasses gender identity. So CRT, that broad term, sure, it's that theory that everybody attributes to the law school theory, but it's more than that. It has, its actual basis is based on Marxist ideologies. So it is in the school system. It is in the curriculum. And it's implemented in the curriculum as again, it's not a course, it's not a study. It is a practice and it's invasive language that is incorporated. If you're going to teach history, no, I don't think you should teach revisionist history. It must be history that's based on facts, dates, times, and places, as well as people noted for their actions. It's good, it's the bad, it's the ugly, but you also have to teach it so that students develop critical thinking based on facts, not fiction. Great, thank you, Olivia. I would like to dispute that uh, they are not using the idea of oppressed versus oppressors. I actually spoke out about this at a recent board meeting. Um, talking about the new policy 117 addressing and eliminating racism um, and their original definition of racism which was from a handbook that they do use uh, for the teachers um, well I don't have it with me but it basically stated that it was a belief in the superiority of the white race that oppressed people of color and that whites were the dominant group I'm not going to sit here and say that racism does not exist but I do not believe and our slate does not believe that it is, it is a systemic problem in FCPS or in America I think I don't believe in teaching revisionist history either but I do believe that we should be 
letting our children know the strides that this country has made to address racism. We're not in the times of civil war any longer. I've spoken to uh, many veterans who have said race relations have never been worse in this country than they are right now. And that's coming from a time of real hatred. Um, so no, I do not think that any critical race theory, any ideas from that praxis should be applied in FCPS, and I would want to remove it. Great, thank you. And finally, Cindy. Signs that FCPS is utilizing critical race theory can be seen in their teacher training that had Jessica Fitzwater go into the dais during a county council meeting and said, I am a racist and I have white privilege. She didn't event that. That was taught to her in her teacher training and being the good little political activist that she is that we're trying to get out of the classrooms. She believes the mantra, she spreads the mantra, and they teach it in their public schools without one shred of evidence that FCPS is systemically racist. I've asked for the data, I've asked for the reports, none is forthcoming, none exists to show FCPS is systemically racist, yet they want to have equity and inclusion and diversity that demands that whites believe that they are racist by nature of their birth and that blacks and people of color believe that they are oppressed by the nature of their birth. Yes, critical race theory is used inside Frederick County Public Schools. It is not a course, as Nancy says, it is a methodology in which to teach children for them to believe. As a Board of Education member, would you support or oppose the introduction and use of metal detectors, clear plastic body, book bags, and other screening practices in our schools? 30 seconds because I look for this conversation to come up. Uh, Olivia. Oh. I'm very torn on this issue. Um, I think it's a nuanced discussion to have. Uh, I do question how much it would cost for the metal detectors to be implemented system-wide. Um, I definitely think that we need to make sure that our SROs are staying in the, the buildings, making sure that uh, students are being kept safe. Um, the SRO in question, he did a great job uh, disarming that student there. Um, I would have to say no at this point, but I would be willing to consider it with more information. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with Olivia. This is a tough one. I, I'm so opposed to metal detectors and making our schools look like prisons and, and institutions like that. Uh, I think it's a mental health issue of the students. And I think if you get what they're learning and how they're learning things, if you get the social, emotional, cultural things out of the school and you put back academics, I think it would greatly increase improve teacher or student morale and mental stability. Right now they're in such a state of flux. I think everybody just doesn't know what to do. So yeah, that's that's a more complicated question. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Right. It's a tough question, yes. Um, and I think, you know, I don't necessarily know where the, the evidence would come from right now that, that that's a, a discussion that we need to be having, although it's certainly something that I think you know, could be a discussion between the SROs and FCPS and the board. Um, I, I, I think it's a much more nuanced and, and we would need input from a broad range of stakeholders. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, as a, as a coach, I've been to Patterson and Edmondson high schools. They have metal detectors and they have strict guidelines on what you can carry into schools and it does not feel like a learning environment. Yeah. 
and we don't need that here. I, I, I think we do need social emotional learning. I do think we need to work with our kids about being kind to one another, about working with our, our communities, our socioeconomic situations. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's the answer. I, I think we need to prevent, not ruin the teaching environments of our schools. Yeah, absolutely against metal detectors, just for that reason that Dean just said, we don't want our schools looking like prisons. And uh, I haven't seen, and it funnel, funnels everyone through one door and it would bog down systems. Our systems are working well right now. Again, schools always react to things that happen in society. So I hope that's not something we have to end up talking about. The clear um, backpacks would be another topic of conversation that I haven't heard any pros or cons. Angie? So I'll do a plug for our sheriff. I think it's long Chuck Jenkins is our sheriff of Frederick County. We probably won't need metal detectors. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, it is a tough question. It would take a lot of consideration and research into schools that might use these control mechanisms to keep their schools safe. Um, you know, right off the bat, I'm going to say no, I would not support this type of environment, learning environment. But I'd also want to understand, are they effective? You know, I mean, is this an effective way to control the environment? 